Hi, I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to Across the Park Podcast. Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, the only place you can hear banter and debate from both sides of Stanley Park, whether it be blue or red. Sponsored by Bear Clothing, Camper Kings UK, and affiliation with Betmate. And welcome to episode 21 of season 21-22 of Across the Park podcast. Thank you if you're listening to us on your favourite podcast app. And thank you if you're watching on YouTube. If you are on the latter, please hit subscribe if you haven't already. Judges did say last week that we've got over a 1,000 subscribers. So the plan is that we're all going to catch up and think of a plan to bring you some more content. But the more subscribers we get, the more content that we can bring. Myself, Ian Mills and Andrew Price are the Blues this week. Phil Roberts and Terry McGiven are the Reds. It is officially 2022 because the FA Cup has started. The FA Cup third round is always the start of a new year for me. Myself and Price are going to be talking about Everton's victory against Hull. Phil and Terry are going to be talking about Liverpool's victory against Shrewsbury, including some social media questions as well. A big thank you to our sponsors, Vair Clothing, as you heard in the intro there, vairclothing.com. Get over there and put ATP20 in the checkout and it'll give you 20% off, believe it or not. Magic that, isn't it? Also, big thank you to Camper Kings with an amazing fleet of camper vans. You can camper van all year long, whether it be winter or summer. Get over to camperkings.co.uk. You also get a free bottle of bubbly, which is right up my street. Free insurance, which will right up fills if you quote Across the Park podcast. Crazy, before we do get into the... The game on Saturday, which was Everton beating Hull, um, it now looks like Luca Dean is on the verge of leaving the club. There's reports today that uh, Aston Villa are very, very close to concluding a deal for him. It looks like it's going to be money. It, the figure bands around is, is £25 million. What are your thoughts on the whole thing, really? I, I mean, we, we knew going into this month, didn't we, that he was going to leave, but are you surprised at the figure? Are you surprised at the club? Are you still disappointed? Are you quite happy with it? Surprised by the club a little bit, uh, that it's Aston Villa. Um, I was expecting Chelsea to be honest, especially with Chilwell being injured. I thought it would have been a, you know, a, a good fit for him going there. But then again, that would have probably been alone for the end of the month, which is something we definitely didn't want. I think the important part for Everton is that we got some money for him, and that it's money that's being reinvested. It looks like we reinvested it before we made it. If that makes sense by signing uh, Michalenko. Um, so yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad we've got money. But the, the club was a bit of a surprise. He's a good player, Luca Dean. I mean, he hasn't been. He hasn't been, you know, setting the world alight for us this season. Probably the second half of last season either. But not many players have. Um, but he's a good player. I think going to Aston Villa, I think he could probably he could probably do better than going to Aston Villa. I know Villa are building up a decent squad there, and obviously got the young manager who's who's doing well and stuff like that. But I do think Aston Villa. It's not a step up for him, is it? Um, so I think from his point of view, he was probably, maybe not, but he probably expecting bigger clubs to come in for him and thinking that he could go into maybe a, at least the UEFA Cup. Because uh, obviously he's got a cup tied for UEFA Cup or for Champions League. No, so no, he no, was no, thinking no. that he could, he could get into a, a squad of, of Champions League. Um, 
as far as I know, you, you, you can put another squad at the end of January, as, as far as I yeah. know. So he was probably thinking he could get into a Champions League team, whether it's in England or whether it's in France, Spain, wherever. Um, so the fact that is that, and the fact that it was it was Aston Villa or Newcastle by the sounds of it just sort of sums it up as well a little bit. Um, what about you? I mean, money's money for us. Money's the main thing for Evan. I think we needed the money and twenty-five million. I, I would have said I would I would expect around thirty million for him. Twenty-five. I don't think it's far off what he's what he's worth. Um, mm. And as I say, as long as we're reinvesting it, which it looks like we have done anyway, then I don't think you can complain, can you? No, I mean, we've got a question later on social media, which is about the, the press conference last week. I don't think Everton played their best hands in relation to getting the best value for Luca D by the way it's been so public. And maybe that's not all on the club and all on the manager. You know, it takes two to tango. But the fact it's been drawn out so publicly has probably give leverage to the buying club. Now, some fans may say 25 million is probably the right amount of money for a 29 year old fullback who's been out of form for a year. I think he's better than 25 million. I think he's better. Than Aston Villa, um, and might be proven wrong in that he might go to Aston Villa, and we might be talking about this in six months' time or twelve months' time on a week in history, saying, "Wow, what a deal we got!" Because he, he he's failed there. I'm not so sure. I've seen I've seen the real Luca Dean. I think for two and a half years, and for the last year, I think he has been out of form, which has been a shame. I think you're spotting and saying it was important that we got money in. As I, I hated to see us loan him out, um, but for me, I, I think it's it's sad that. It's sad that we're losing Luca Dean, and it's sad that we're losing them to, to someone who some Evertonians might not like me saying it's a probably a direct rival for us. Yeah, that's the issue is the direct rival, but I think it's a big job that the Everton job the Everton job and we've got to we've got to regenerate the, the squad. Uh, we've got to mm. pick the people who are assets to us that we can bring in money for. As you say, he's twenty nine. It looks like hopefully we're trying to change the way we do things in terms of the two youngsters we've brought in. We need to mm. get rid of the older players. I know he's not old in terms of over thirty, but if you can replace them for somebody who's younger with, with potential um, and make a couple of million on top of that, then that's, that, that's the way Everton are going to be going. It's, he's, I think he's the first of, of many. I think in the summer you'll see a couple more going as well because, yeah, there might have been an argument. It might have been Luca Dean's fault. It might have been Benitez's fault. We don't know, do we? But no. Benitez would have looked at that. As soon as there was an issue, he would have looked at it and thought, Luca Dean's an asset there. He's someone I can make money on and I can reinvest in, in, into the squad to bring through younger. It, it, it's what we need. Whether you like Luca Dean or not, whether you think he's the right person to go or not, this is what we need. We need to get rid of those players who've been there, who haven't been performing um, for the last year or so, as you say, and, and trying to bring in potential and, and players who, who eventually we can maybe sell on for a little bit more, which at the moment, that's where Everton are. Yeah, I think that's a fair summary. Um, Reds, have you got anything to add? Are you quite surprised by Dean Aston Villa or are you quite smug because we once said he was better than Andy Robertson? I think, you know... <clears throat> I think the rival thing is the biggest thing for me. It's like, I would despise us. I'd be fuming if we sold one of our better players to a rival. Uh, anyone competing for the same things that we're competing for is what I consider an, an immediate rival. <clears throat> and I would say Everton and Aston Villa are both ideally trying to compete for the outside European places. So uh, I think what's funny about it is, though, he's going to be registered in time to play Everton. In about 10 days to two weeks, we all know what's yeah, going to happen yes, there. Yeah. We do, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from I, I'm sort of in agreement with Phil, really. Um, and I, I do find it interesting that, like, you know, you're sort of, in a way, happy that you got around 25 million for him, though, because, you know, he is, I know he's had a bad season or so, he's been out of form, but he, you could say he's proven Premiership quality, you know, and, and 
Shire last season, you would have been talking about top four teams, maybe looking at them, or, or even, mm. you know, as you say, like some of the better Champions League teams. And I think at that point, you would have been saying 25 million, you'd have been laughing your head off, saying no chance. So it does feel like it's been a pretty precipitous drop, you know, in terms of like his valuation and whether that's because of his sort of demeanor and the way that he's been carrying himself around the club and his form as well. But, you know, to, to, to sell him to a direct rival and, and to probably only get him maybe it would be unfair, probably half of what you would have expected 12 months ago. Um, I, I, you know, it, whilst it, it, it does free up some funds for you to, to, to go and sign and you, you've gone and bought, you know, what's his name, Malenko, is it? Um, mm. You know, Luca Dean was proven Premiership quality. Um, and, you know, it, it, he's just had a bad season, um, which he's not the only one, is he? So, At the same time, no. Though, it's not going to work. Um, under Rafa Benitez, is it? And yeah, yeah, that's that's Benitez the probably isn't going. So you've got to do what you've got to do. The issue we've got is that we've sort of killed ourselves a little bit, as Millsy alluded to before. We've killed. We everyone knows we're getting rid of him. We couldn't have yeah, held on for another six months and tried to sell him in the summer. So we have to sort of take what's what's available. And twenty five yeah. million is what's being offered. If that's if that's all that we've got for him, do we do we take it or do we, do we drag it out? And I think once that decision was made, it's just about them recouping as much as we can. And, it's a shame he's going, but he, I mean, as I say, I'm, I'm, I think the squad needs overturning, so I'm all right with it. No, I, I mean, I'm on our socials, Pricey, as you know, and I don't think you're the only one saying that. There's a, there's a bit of a split at the fan base at the minute, and, and a lot of saying what Pricey's saying, and some are saying what I'm saying, which is the best thing about these podcasts. Let's move on, Pricey, quickly. We we'll want to talk about the FA Cup victory against Hull at, at the weekend's um, disastrous start. But for me, it was a weird game because there were times we played really, really well. Probably the best we've played in in a number of number of months, months probably, but Hull were always in the game, weren't they? Well, right up until Begovic's save late on. It was just a strange one for me. What what did you make of it? Obviously, we started poorly, obviously giving the goal away in the first minute is, 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 is a killer anyway, but then all the nerves that go with that, the pressure that go with that, the fact that you're playing a championship team, it sort of adds it. And we, were, we were awful for the first 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. We, we, we were really bad. Once we got into the game, we sort of got a grip of it. We were all right. I don't think don't, and we had, you say Hull had a couple of chances, but we had two pe- two nailed on penalties for the handballs. We hit the post mm. and Gordon could have scored in the second half of the shot. Gray had a few chances. So I think we had a, a, a good go of the game. I think we, we deserved or could. If it would have come back away 2-4-1, I don't think you would have argued with it for us. I think we just didn't take those chances. Um and it's hard playing a chip. You can say it's a championship team, but it's the FA Cup. I mean, Arsenal have proven it yesterday getting beat by Forest. It, it's hard going to those mm-hmm. grounds with the teams and everyone's up for it against you. So I think I think I'm happy that we came away with a win. Yeah, it weren't the best performance to start with, but I didn't ever feel like we weren't in control of the game. I think they got a goal on on, on against the, 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 the run of play, to be honest. Um so I don't know. I thought we were all right. I thought save for the first fifty. I mean I don't understand the three at the back. If we're going to go into to formations, if I, I don't get why he's playing three at the back, I just it, it, there's no need for it. There's no need. To, the two midfielders are getting overran, and you know that we're, we're playing. Oh, we're playing able to play through us in the same way Brighton did. So I don't get. The, I don't get the formation. Why he's starting with that? Um, but as a performance, I don't think it was. It was horrendous. I mean, I don't think it was brilliant, but I think we were comfortable. Uh, well, you, you have the opposite view, don't you? You were fuming, weren't you? No, I was fuming at the start, and I was—I was, like I said, it was a weird game because there were times. I think Anthony Gordon and Damari Gray were fantastic. I, I think the football they played and linking up together was was great. And there were times that we probably should have scored more goals. The, the worry for me is that we we didn't. 
Um, you've got the same striker up front who we've spoke about since September now. And I was hoping that would be his level on Saturday. I think in our WhatsApp group, I don't know who it was. Someone said maybe you'll get something from him tonight because he's playing against the championship team. I thought that's not helping us at all. The longer he plays games for us, is not helping the team. It's not helping the divides amongst the fans. He is the beacon of, you know, negativity at the minute, rightly or wrongly. So I don't think he helps. I was just really, I was just really. What do you think I say about him? Is he was he wasn't brought in to play, was he? I bet you Rafa Benitez didn't expect for one minute that he'd be playing as many games he's playing. He's playing, didn't he? But do you not think he was brought in to play games like this? If we had a fully fit yeah, team, yeah, he probably yeah, would have played. Like that, maybe, yeah, but we're frustrated with him. If he would have, if he would have come in for yesterday's game and, and had that performance, we would have said he'd done all right. It's the fact that he's played poor for, for leading up to that, isn't it? Yeah, but that's a large part of my frustration because you're right in what you're saying. We, we could have been four or five one up at some point, but we're not because we've got not only some of the wrong players out there, but the wrong formation, I think. I think the, the fact that we had five at the back with Andre Gomez as the deep line of midfielder meant that we couldn't kill the game and we should have went and killed the game. You're going into extra time, but let's make no mistake about it. It's a mistake from their goalkeeper that gave us, you know, the goal really. He was wrong footed and he should have saved it. But you could be going into penalties there in a game you should be seeing out. So of course I'm happy that Everton are in the fourth around the FA Cup. Me, I wanna be I wanna be on Wembley way with you taking selfies and made with the kids. I won all that. But I just I'm not overly positive about how it's happened. I don't think Everton were very good overall on Saturday. Yes, there were patches of it. There was there was times that we played good football and we should have scored more goals. But we're set up so wrong that we're, we're not seeing these games out. It's it's caught us up before and it'll, it'll catch us again. Yeah, it's definitely not helped the formation we're playing. And, and from set pieces, we still look like we haven't got a clue what we're yeah, doing. Like, we, like I said last week, it looks like it's panic every time the ball comes into the box. So... We do need to get a grip of that. Yeah. I am wondering why he's playing three at the back, especially when one of them is not even a centre back. You know, Coleman playing in, in the three. It's not like he's, he's he thinks he's got three good centre backs who he can play, and they're the three that are playing every week. So he obviously wants to play three at the back. The two signings we brought in so far indicate that maybe they're they're more wing backers, wing backs than, than full backs. So maybe he's going to stick with it. But that, that's the negative for me is why 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 are you sticking with the three five? Well, it's five, isn't it? Five at the back. Why why he's doing it and. From set players in the organisation doesn't look good enough. But overall, to go to Hull and and you know come away with a victory, we've we've lost how many? Uh, third oh, it was, it was, it was nervous. We, we, we were going into this. We were going into this nervous. So you're right in what you're saying. The job's done. Yeah. And then the first twenty minutes all boiled down the fact that they had a, they had, they got a goal early, which was you know was one of those things, and you could see the panic in the players' faces. You could see Benitez worrying on the sidelines. And then, as I say, once we got into the game and we got a foot on it, I didn't feel like it was ever a threat. To be honest, I know it went to extra time and stuff, but I didn't ever. I always thought we we'd be strong, too strong for them. Okay, uh, two quick points, basically, before we move on to to the Reds. Um, Michalenko, uh, for, for me, I think Holt targets them in the, in the first fifteen. A lot of crosses were coming in that side. He got better as the game went on. What was your opinion on his performance? First performance, and he hasn't played for a while. Yeah, I don't think you can judge him on that. A couple of good touches and a couple of stuff he looked rusty, rusty off. I mean, coming into his first game in England, he's you know you'd expect him to be like that, wouldn't you? So I wouldn't judge him off the first the first performance. Okay, and and finally, that the BBC picked up on it. It was tucked in the corner flag. It was very well positioned by whoever took this thing, but it was the Benitez get out of our club banner that is. We've seen similar things around the ground on on a match day, and we've seen, we've heard things. But that's the first time I think the mainstream media have, have 
showed something like that. No Evertonian is right or wrong. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. If if some fans want to back the manager, that's great. If some fans want him out, then also fine. But is it is it too much to have banners like that for you in the way ends on on especially when we're on BBC One? Or are these fans who feel that strong who've done this? Are, are they justified by by the season so far? Where are you? Everyone's entitled. Everyone's entitled to put a banner up if they want. They paid the money. They want to go away to hold it allowed. You can put the banner up if that's how the way they feel. I've got no issue with that. I'm not. I personally wouldn't do it. But if, if someone's gone away to Hull on a, on a Sunday night and wants to put a banner out, and that's the way they feel, entitled to it just as much as anyone else. So fair enough mm. to them if, if that's what they want to do. I mean, as you say, it's BBC and it's a bit as a club. It, the media are on us anyway. From day one, the media are dying for it to go wrong. That, yeah. that's, you can tell every every single interview, every time we mentioned, they just can't wait for it. So it doesn't help in that respect. Um, but if that's the way people feel, that's how they feel, isn't it? Fair enough. Couldn't have said it better myself, my friends. We have lots of social media questions on Everton later on, and I think myself and Pricey are going to talk a little bit more about our thoughts on, on where we currently are under the manager. But moving on to, to the Reds, we've, we've talked a lot of time up there on the Luca Dean and the, and the whole game. Moving on to the Reds, also navigated through quite successfully the FA Cup third round with a 4-1 victory against Shrewsbury. What are your guys' assessments? Start with you, Terry. You, you, you were there. Was, was it a, a good game? Were Liverpool good? Uh, I think good games a bit of a stretch, even though you know there was five goals in it um, and four one. You think you know we we we've done a proper number on them, but I'll be honest, it was a miserable game. <laughs> it was one of them games where you think, why why have I dragged myself out for this on a Sunday afternoon? Um, and to be honest, similar to you know you had a bad start and it, it wasn't a great start from us. Obviously conceding first and, and going a goal down, and it was one of them where you're like. You know, and it, it probably started with a little bit of the team sheet, really. And, and I think we were expecting a mix of, you know, some senior players, but quite a lot of rotation. I don't think we, I, well, I certainly wasn't quite expecting, you know, as many of, of the kids to play as as we actually saw. I'd been on the radio on the Saturday on, on our, you know, affiliate station, Liverpool Live, and talked about it. And I did say, like, expected a few senior, like, players in the side as well, because there's players there who, need game time like to Minamino Firmino we might have to be calling on you know whilst mm-hmm. Salah Mane at the um, AFCON so I, I was expecting a few more more familiar names uh, but to see the lineup that we went with and some of the names on there I hadn't even seen you know I knew nothing about them these were these were kids who were completely sort of new to me you know so we had um, a young lad called Waltman up front we, we did the Katie Gordon um, he, he started up, up front Curtis Jones started in the Marnie position um, we had another youngster called Dixon Bonner in the middle um, as well as Bradley and, and, and Morton playing who, who we have seen a little bit of so it really was a you know an unfamiliar lineup. Um but once we conceded the goal and, and, and sort of got a foothold in the game it was it, it never looked in doubt you know there, there was very little in terms of chances created by Shrewsbury to be honest um, but in terms of the actual quality on, on, on display on the day there wasn't a lot of difference to be honest one nil down Phil you're sitting there feeling the worst or are you always quite confident that you know you're going to win the game well yeah, a little bit nervous with the lineup that we had out, the inexperience in the team. But um, I think the big thing, what, what you're saying there, Terry, about uh, expecting a more experienced lineup, we were hit with a lot of positive COVID tests, so that we were limited. And the main thing is is the strikers, when Minamino and Firmino starting on the bench. But I suppose there's two ways to look at that with the AFCON. <clears throat> like you've got to keep make sure they're available for the league, haven't you? So, but you've got to get them 
up to speed. Yeah. Two schools of thought. Yeah, and that's, that, that, on the bench. Is, is them coming in cold, you know, when we need them in, in, in league games. For me, you play them and take them off and bring the kids on, as opposed to the other way around. I just, I've just i never quite understood that. To me, it's yeah. win the game and, and then take the players off, as opposed to bring them on to rescue it. It's just in case you get stuck having to leave them on, innit? That, that's the... Uh... If, you, if, you, if that's not what you want to do, I suppose. But with them on the bench, though, I was always confident that we'd we'd be able to come back. And I didn't think he'd score any more than one. Um, I think you know the the most experienced of the of the kids who were out is Tyler Moore, and he's the one that we've seen the most of. And I think the question mark against him has been that his tackling's been a bit rash, hasn't it? He's put a few naughty ones in. Um, but I think with Fabinho alongside and taking care of that side of things, Tyler Morton was able to play a bit more and he kind of stood out. If anyone stood out, probably him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm saying that it was an unfamiliar lineup. There was a lot of kids in there. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't think there was a lot on, on the front three. I know Katie Gordon scored a great goal. You know, he, very composed in the box when it came into him to, to, to basically, you know, get his yards and get his shot away and get his goal. But besides that, I mean, we'll come to we'll talk about Curtis Jones in a minute, but I, th- I thought the front three was quite lacking, you know, in terms of cutting edge or, or really offering us anything. But certainly Morton in the middle, you know, he does have a good game. He's starting to, you know, show. He's very assured. And, you know, we, we've seen him have that one game against Spurs where he really struggled in the sort of fast pace of the Prem. Um, but other other games, I think he's looked really good in. And obviously against a side, you know, a League One side, he... He, he, he could show, you know, that he, he knows what he's doing. He's he's very calm and, and in possession. He's always showing and wanting the ball, which I think is a great sign for a youngster. So he had he's a good a game. I thought Bradley had a good game as well. The fullback, you know, who, who we've asked to come in. I mean, he looks very um, keen to get forward, you know, and, and and looks good and capable on the ball. I, I did think he struggled um, when we played against Leicester. His first yeah. touch was off in the first two minutes, and it just played on his mind. Um, but he was much better there against Shrewsbury, so I thought he had a good game as well. Yeah, obviously the cross for the goal come from his side, but that happens to Trent, doesn't it? It's what, it's what Cop expects of his right back. It, it's difficult to be 100%, you know, going forward and and in defensively. But I thought he looked a lot better. Uh, he's got a long way to go. To, for, be... Yeah, before he can put any pressure on, I think we've lost Phil. But before he can put any pressure on Trent's position, yeah, he, he has got a long way to go. Um, you know, he. He's certainly showing that he's got talent, um, but I think you know it's going to be a long, a, a long road before you can you can say you're really sort of comfortable to throw him in in the big games. You know, mm. is I think what Phil was, was probably going to say. Um, but just looking at like right, I mentioned there, you know, like the front three and, and, and particularly Curtis Jones, really disappointed. You know, in, in, I know it's not necessarily his, his, his favourite position. He was playing off that sort of left inside forward role, what Marna you normally plays and. You'll probably see himself as a bit more of a centre mid, but against that level of, of opposition, you're expecting, you know, Curtis Jones, he, he's showing what he can do with the ball at his feet and stuff. You're expecting a bit more of him. And to be honest, I thought he was really, really disappointing. Um, he's, he's very, very slow. Every time he got the ball, he wanted like loads of touches. It was almost like he was trying to play with, with this nonchalance, you know, like sort of swagger. And it slowed us down so much. And it was like, it was almost to the point where you're getting frustrated with him saying, like, don't even pass it to him because he's, he's killing all, all of the attacks. So, you know, Curtis Jones got to be careful, I think, because I think he was starting to be seen as, like, a key part of this Liverpool squad and, and you know, big things we'd expected of him. I'm just hoping that 
he hasn't sort of you know took that too far too much for granted um where where he's, he, he he thinks that he can just sort of like you know do what he wants when 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 he's in the side um so, Jones. yeah so well, just, just well, do you know what it, it could it could be a, a good segue into into the social media to fill out i just jumped on this one because i know you jumped off but the first message we got in was was from someone called gary moore he's obviously a, a liverpool fan he was at the game and he's asking you terry and you Philly. In the young lads who played yesterday, he says more on the side. The young lads didn't stand out against the League Two side, and he includes Curtis Jones in that as well. I think, yeah, I think it's a, as I say, it's a fair point on Jones. You know, I I didn't think he stood out, and I'd be expecting much better from from him. You know, against that level of opposition, um, and so it was disappointing to see. I think it's maybe slightly unfair, you know, to to, to sort of say. That the other young lads, you know, they, they well, they didn't stand they, out, Terry. Like they didn't, but they're also nowhere near the first team. Some of them, oh. you know what I mean? They were they were a needs must. So the ones who were on the who were on the cusp of, you know, who were getting opportunities in the first team, are the ones that are on the cusp of it. I think they give a good account of themselves. Morton, you know, Bradley. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I don't I, even Katie Gordon took his goal well, but again, he, he, how old is he? He's like, I think he's 17. eighteen. Yeah, seventeen, eighteen. It's like. These are players that Liverpool are going to be relying on. I don't think, you know, in the next couple, even probably the next season or two. So, you know, it, it, it's good to see them, but I, I wouldn't say I'm worried. And I think there is talent in in them in them youth ranks, you know, at Liverpool. And, and as I say, yeah, Harvey Elliott. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the, the ones that I, I think we would ask, and, and Kelleher, I, I think it looks like yeah. a, good, a good prospect in goal. So, the ones I think that we would ask to step up to the side. They've generally gave a good account to themselves. So I, gonna, I, I, I think was, I was gonna say earlier, Terry, I, I could imagine Morton to get game time like soon because when you lose the likes of it, Thiago or Henderson, Fabinho, we can't we tend to replace that with an attacking player like Ox or Cater or something. It's not quite changes the whole fit. Um whereas um Morton could be more like for like, couldn't he? And I could imagine him getting minutes in the near future. Yeah, I think I think you know. When, I think I've talked about it in the podcast. I've like we're, we're such a system side, and as you say, when we lose one part of that midfield, generally it means that we'll sort of take like Henderson from a more attacking role that he's been in and drop him in, into a more defensive role, and then we have to throw an attack. So we're rejigging multiple positions because we've lost one player. So I think you're right. You know, having someone who can who can maybe just come in and and, and sort of be a genuine replacement for one of the sort of holders is is, is useful to have. Um, and and he's given good account of himself. He's he's obviously still very young, but you know, uh, you know, he he looks he looks like he has got talent. He needs to bulk up though because he's built like a pipe clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that is yeah. one thing. Successful weekend then, all, all in all. Just saying, both teams into the fourth round and, and and some some draws that you know were not stupid, but they're not the worst draws in the world, are they? So. Positive weekends on, on, on the pitch. Uh, Phil, I did jump in there because someone turned your shower on, so I have to do the first social media <laughs> question. But I, I know we got hammered, didn't we? And, and there's, a, there's a variety of questions this week which I think you're going to give us some of the best of. Yeah, OK. So we have the, a fun question in from Anthony Power first. Uh, some quick-fire questions he's got for us. So it takes a bit of thinking about this, though, to be fair. He said, change one moment from your club's history. What would it be? Result, buy or sell on a player? Could be one, any moment that you'd change. You've got an not obvious one. Not, not paying the rent. <laughs> if, if we if we pay the rent, 
then none of this happens. You two are wearing blue. There's one club in the city. It's the mighty Everton Football Club. For me, if you look back, and I suppose there's lots of tongue-in-cheek ones you can do like that, but maybe pricey. I think some people look at the 80s, maybe Howard Kendall even. Yeah, I'd say Everton not getting into Europe, not being able to play in Europe is probably the biggest the biggest mm. thing. I know it was before our time slightly, but when you when you're there, that, <clears throat> that team talking and, and and you know you speak to you know we are feller and we go and calls and that's that's a massive one. I was not getting into Europe there for that that season. Definitely, I'm going to be selfish. Maybe allowed in Europe should I say not getting in Europe? You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, you've opened Pandora's box there. <laughs> like the comment, the comments are going to be flying. <laughs> I'm going to pick a selfish one, and it benefits me more than it benefits Liverpool Football Club. But 96 FA Cup final. We go and win that game. Cantona doesn't score that late goal because the reason I'm picking that Teddy is because as a young lad, that, that broke my heart. I would have loved to have seen my first sort of proper, proper silverware. Um, you could look at the Brendan Rodgers era and uh, or and change uh, you know one of them games, which means we probably get over the line. You could look even at the Klopp era and the Man City. Uh, when we when we were very very close to them and changed one of the results, but um, yeah, the Brendan Rodgers one. If he goes on to win the league, we don't get Klopp. Um So it's difficult. You could you could go back and say Michael Thomas, you know, went in eighty nine ninety, but I wouldn't have remembered that personally. So I'm going to go with the FA Cup final ninety six. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a tough one, isn't it, to pick at a moment, and it's all. If that had happened, then this wouldn't have happened, and this and blah yeah. blah blah. So it is really tough because obviously we've had great times now, you know, under Klopp. I mean, for me, one that really sort of annoyed me was I think it was two thousand and nine, wasn't it, when we were putting the pressure on Manu to win the league under Benitez. Mm. Um, and do you remember that they just Manu just managed to get that result with that Frederico Makeda scored that goal. Wow. And yeah. basically just killed us with like we're basically we were gonna win that league, you know what I mean? Under like, Benitez. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't in a league winning manager as well as a, a Champions League winning manager at Liverpool. Just to rub that in for the Blues, <laughs> um, but obviously, you know that Makeda scored. I think I'm trying to remember what game it was. I think they were playing possibly Villa, and he scored. I think it was like, Villa. It was Villa. Yeah. Old Trafford winner when he turned and knocked it into the corner. It was just like, oh, that that's just killed us. That you know what I mean? And and that was a moment where it would have been. You know, we we we'd seen Liverpool win a Champions League and, and get to another Champions League final in Athens, and then. You know, we'd won domestic trebles in the early part of the 2000s and to sort of get that league title at that point was a being was a being boss you know like in under rafa but so that that's one there's there's a couple of others as you said phil you know what i mean like um there's other ones that you can point out but that was one that i remember just feeling like like horrible you know like it, and and it was a light us to have won it at that period there under benitez but okay another question that anthony asks is how much money to support the other side of the park. Terry, I'll come to you first. Is there an amount of money? Nah, I value my happiness well too well too high. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not sure that there'd be a sum that could uh, make me go through what these have to go through every week. Yeah. Yeah, I'll second that. All my mates, a lot of my best memories in life comes from Sporting Liverpool. So, yeah, I don't think there's much. I, I mean... <laughs> You're talking a billion, aren't you? That type of money. Talking big money, right? I don't think you're going to get anyone saying that they'll take some money to move over, are you? Millsy would. Millsy would. <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate. I'll tell you what. It's, um, 
Look, I, I think Pricey might agree with this. I think you, you've got to be a certain person to support Everton. Is that saying that you're chosen, you don't choose? You, you certainly wouldn't grow up and choose to support Everton Football Club. You've got to be a, it's a special thing to be an Everton. As much as we go through blue misery sometimes, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change being an Evertonian for the world. It's no amount of money would make me be a red. I, I think the clubs, despite us all being friends on our podcast doing this, I think the there's a very big difference in reds and blues, isn't there? And I'm, 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 I'm content where I am. <laughs> okay. Pricey, City or United? <clears throat> in what in what context? Just pick one. You can you can apply your own. <clears throat> I go City. City because City feels more like I know they've got the money and stuff, but they, they feel more like an like Everton, like the type of fans there. You know, the old main road I went there before. It was more a bit more like Goodison. You just feel they're, they're a bit more like Evertonians. They've been downtrodden, haven't they? They've had they've had upsets, they've 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 you know experienced going down, which obviously we haven't done, but we just feel like I've got a bit more of an affinity with City, City fans, the older City fans, maybe not the new City fans who have started supporting them just because they're successful, but the old hardcore City fans feels more like Everton. And Man United just feel like, well, I don't think anyone likes Man United, do they? <laughs> oh, yeah, it might be quicker for me to, rather than go around everyone, is there anyone taking United over City? No, not even close. Right, I found this a bit of a strange question. The best source for your full English? <laughs> but... I wouldn't have sauce on a f- oh, oh English. I'm thinking roasting actually. Yeah, brown sauce all day, isn't it? I wouldn't have sauce either. I wouldn't have sauce on a full English. Let the beans do the worst. Yeah, a lot of beans. Yeah, and tomatoes. Sauce on bacon. On a bacon on, but not not with a full English because you've got an, a yolky egg, haven't you? You've got beans or tomatoes <coughs> or get that bit of sauce. No need for, for any sauce on there. Would, would just Teddy? Would you send the wife back in the kitchen if she dished up a, a full English with red sauce on it? Or would you take her? Well, I don't. I reckon I'd take hers, and she can have the one with red sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Best ever song is the, is the last question from Anthony. That's hard on the spot, isn't it? Well, we, we we see we see the questions today, didn't we? Come in, so I I actually thought thought a little bit about it. There is that many. It, it's what. It's, I don't know, some songs can mean certain things to certain people. Some songs are just an absolute anthem that you walk into a party and, and miss the bar because it's on straight to the dance floor. You know what I mean? There's Rain the same songs. Rain and Men, Phil, that'll get you up every time. <laughs> Come on, Eileen is another one. Um, do you know what song I've always loved? It's a, it's a brilliant tune. I've always loved Let It Be by the Beatles. Mm, good song, yeah. I, I can't answer it, to be honest. There's too many, too many songs, so it's too difficult one to answer that. Yeah, I haven't got one. Same, same, yeah. same, same. Anything by Oasis, like uh, I'm always loving, but I haven't got a favourite song. Please say it depends on your mood and the day and everything, doesn't it? Do you know what? Talking about Manchester and Liverpool, I've never been able to get over that with Oasis. You know, I've just never been able to accept their two manks. And you're missing <laughs> out. You're, miss- you're missing out, my friend. <laughs> okay, um, Benitez. This is from Toffee Dean. I think on Twitter. <clears throat> And he said, Benitez is not leaving. No point dwelling on that one. But if Mina, Richie and DCL return, are we a winning side? Mills? Um, we're, we're a stronger side. But I don't think it's been about the individuals this season. I think it's been about, me personally, I think it's been about the manager setting us up wrong week after week. I think we had a, we had a decent start to the season where we got a great result at Brighton. We then beat... 
Burnley, Norwich, um, and we beat an Arsenal, who will get beat constantly up up and down the season. I don't think the individuals, obviously the individuals will make us better. Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Gary Mina coming back into the side particularly will make us stronger. I don't think you can call it a winning side. I think that I don't think it's about the players. Pricey, you might disagree. No, as I was saying before, I don't look at the point that I think we need we need the, the squad to to regenerate itself and get rid of a few players, bring a few in. I'd love to know, I'd love to be at the training grounds and see what the atmosphere is like. Because I think as a club, it feels like there's just a, a bad atmosphere hanging over the club. I think that's mm. going to take a while to get rid of. Um, I don't think that's Benitez's <clears> fault. <throat> the fact that we got rid of Brands and you know Denise is going at the end of the season and stuff like that. I think it's all that's all got something to do with it. So I don't think a player coming back from injury is going to fix anything like that. Um, I think it's going to take it's going to take a while to uh, to get a winning side on on the pitch. Okay, um, one from Nick Morris, which you can answer this one quite quick, lads, because I think you've already basically answered it, but. Thoughts on the car crash press conference on Friday. Dean Ian Reid being called out by the manager Wong in, in Nick's view. He's interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not into that. <clears throat> I'm not into it. I think keep it behind closed doors, whether it's Luca Dean. And calling out Peter Reid was just... I didn't understand it at all. It's just proper random thing to do. I'm not I'm not into it at all, whatsoever. No, It was the, it was the context of it as well, because he, he was... He called out Peter V during the, the rant over Luca Dean, which arguably knocked some money off the transfer fee we'll receive. But Peter Reed had not tweeted about Luca Dean. He, he just said he was very worried about the direction of the football club. So I think the manager, I don't know whether he's done this on purpose, but he, he sort of linked the two when they were never linked. I've never seen Peter Reed mention Luca Dean in, 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 his, in his tweet. His, his tweet was, and I think Peter Reed, uh, do you know what? It, it was silly because. It's Peter Reed, and I never seen Peter Reed play. I, I was he just missed him, but from what I understand, it's an absolute fan's favourite. Why would you pick that battle? Why? Why would you name him? Why don't just keep it at former players? Keep it at supporters. Don't name check Peter Reed because you put a rock for your own back. And I tell you what, if we had got beat, or we were, we were getting beat on Saturday with no route back in the game. Peter Reed as an Evertonian would have been the song from some some away fans there on Saturday. It was just, it was it was silly, and and, and it, that adds to it for me. That that adds to why we're we're not matched. But I just think it was, yeah. Re- regardless of what you think about Benitez, he's he's not doing himself any favors by no. by doing stuff like that. He's just really not. It was just I watched it, I read it, and then I thought, no, I'm gonna have to watch it to see what the context was. And I was like, it was baffling. There was just no no reason for it at all. I think managers are like they are often insecure of former players and fans' favourites, aren't they? Because I think they, they think they've got a lot of sway with, with the support base. And if you're if you're coming into a club, Phil, uh, the way Benitez has come into a club, you get them on side. That, that that's yeah. what you do. And you you, you can't go if you're pitting yourself against an Everton legend. You're not you're not winning. Whether it's Benitez or whether it's any other manager coming in, it's it's not going to happen. Okay. Just wants the payoff, Tony. Rafael's done his job. He's paying off now. <laughs> <laughs> Question from Rob. Um, I'll never stop supporting Everton, but I haven't enjoyed it at all since Benitez come in. It's a negative cloud over my club. He's fallen out with players, conducting conducting himself like a spoiled child in public, and the fan and us fans are fighting amongst ourselves um, because of him. How do we feel about Benitez and Everton? I think this is probably the, the, the time me and Pricey might have a, a, a not so much of a debate because I think we're more or less on the same lines. Pricey was on the show last week with Judgy and 
he was very public in saying that he was he was nearing the point of thinking it's not working. Um, obviously, we've got a great results. We've, we're doing what seems to be good business now and offloading on paper anyway, offloading players and bringing younger players in. <clears throat> I'm more with the with the the listener or the viewer. I'm not really enjoying it. If you watch our instant match reactions, <clears throat> excuse me, I've said a few times that I think the grounds is not nice, not a nice place to be in on a match day. Um, and I've been there before with this team, but I've I've never felt it like this. I've I've seen the, the grounds with this team. I've seen it under a couple of managers. Um, it feels to me like the end of the Roberto Martinez era, where where fans were, were staying behind and, and protesting and getting helicopters. They felt so strongly over it. Um, I'm not really enjoying. I mean, if if I didn't do across the park podcast and I didn't do other things and I didn't have, I've said this on the, on the Mike and Millsy show. If I didn't have my little boy who's who's nearly four, getting into the game, I don't know whether I'd be at every game this season. I, I think it was such a controversial appointment that it, it had to go right. It was like putting your last bit of money on the roulette table and you and you pray for it to go right. It's, it, it was a gamble, a massive gamble, and. It divided the fan base straight away, and in hindsight, looking back, it it, it should never have happened. He's here now. Um, I want Everton Football Club to win games. I want us to, like I said before, I want to be taking selfies with Pricey on Wembley Way, doing live shows for our podcast, winning the FA Cup. I want that more than anything. But I am a little bit disconnected with the football club at the minute. I can't lie. I'm not enjoying it either, but I, but I haven't enjoyed it for ages. I mean, I think the, what we had at the end of last season, the second half of last season. The fans weren't in the ground. Some of them performances that that that, that we, you know, we carried out at the end of last season, for want of a better phrase, is they would have got booed by the fans because they were awful. So it's so it definitely did bring in Benitez. Definitely divided the, the the fan base. And before he came in, I said I wasn't for it. There was just no need to appoint him. I think there was other people that could have come in and, and you know done the job and, and whatever else, but. I don't see the point in getting rid of him either. He's he's in there now. We, 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 the club's a mess. It's not it's not just the players on the pitch. The club's a mess, and it, it looks you can tell it's a mess because of as I say, Brands going, Baxendale, Denise Baxendale leaving at the end of the season. It's it, it's in a bit of turmoil apart from the ground. If the ground weren't there, everyone would be turning on Machiri a lot more than what they're doing now at the minute. Benitez is just the scapegoat for what's going wrong. And yet on the pitch isn't, isn't, isn't great, but it hasn't been great for ages. It's it's going to take more than four, four months of a season <clears> to get those players playing and to bring in uh, you know, your, your new players that you want to you want to bring in in order to, to improve the squad. It looks like we've got a bit of a strategy going at the minute. You know, we've done a review of the club or the club, the reviews in process or whatever. Looks like we've done a review of it. We, we're bringing in two young players under Benitez's watch. We're not doing that because we're getting rid of Benitez. We're doing it because we're backing Benitez to to, to bring it. So the fact that we're doing that, we've we've got to stick by him and we've got to got to see how it plays out for at least another another one transfer window. At least till this time next season, we've got to see how how it, how it transpires. It's no good just saying get rid, get rid, get rid because. The next manager is just going to find the same problems again, and then we're going to be on to the next manager. Oh, we have brought in a young manager. We need we need experience. Man, it's just going to go round in circles and circles until you back someone. Looks like they're backing Benitez. So fair enough, stick with Benitez. But you have to back someone. You have to Mishiri has to put his name. Like you said, it's his last role, but he has to stick to it. If that's the role he's taking, he's got to stick to it and, and, and back his horse and see how he gets on. So that's where I'm at with it. Do you think? Do you think he'll be here next season? Do Do you think that this yeah. this? Do you think that? Everton will, will have a strong enough second half of the season that he will not be under that much pressure 
That, no, I that, no, I think I think this season's written off. I think Mashiri's written. He's, he's not open for Europe this season. I think this season's a building block, and next season he wants to go at it again. This season, if we finish ninth or we finish thirteenth, I don't think he's going to go either way. No, not Mashiri's not interested in that, as far as I can tell. What he wants is to bring him in, and, and he's going to see the changes happen. He's chopped and changed that many times at managers, and what's it brought? He's brought half a billion pounds worth of spend. Might as well just threw it down the drain because he brought in a load of crap. He's definitely putting his, his money. This is what I think he could get sacked next week. But I think he's putting his money on Benitez, and he's saying, "No, let's see how let's see how it transpires. Let's give him a couple of transfer windows and see if we can change it around." And as you say, as I say, if, if he's doing that with Benitez, whoever it might have been, but he's just chosen to be Benitez, so we're going to have to give him a chance. Nah, two mills. Really, it's looking that way, isn't it? I'm, I'm on record. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of this manager at all. And a lot, <laughs> a lot of it comes. A lot of it. I'm not. I'm, this isn't me saying I'm a big Benitez fan and we want, I want to keep him. I want to keep him. What I'm saying is we need some stability. And if that's who he's backed, if that's who the owners backing, then let him back him and let him see how he gets on. At least then, then a year down the line, if it hasn't worked, you can say no, he did back him and it didn't work. It's no good chopping and changing. No, no. But the, the question that, that's come in was about the enjoyment of it. And for me, a lot of enjoyment. Well, in fact, scratch that. All of the enjoyments of being a football fan is your connection to that club that you can watch them get beat and return the next week because the connection is there and I've got to be honest I, it's waning this season for me and he's a massive part of it am I that bitter that a lot of it is because he's a red absolutely I am it does it does affect my decision but I, I would also be saying this about any other manager who was playing who has Everton set up this way and, and I agree with what you've said on this podcast a number of times the players aren't good enough but the players were, were playing to a certain way last season the Reds are laughing now because of how good we had it last season. We were seeing the spirit of the Blues in Champions League. Yeah, that was only until February. That was only until February. Well, you so, can, three you quarter, so three quarters of the season, three quarters of the season, we were in Champions League places. Yeah, and then he dropped off because they, were, they weren't good enough. You can't say, yeah. oh, the players, well, so are we a top four team, are you, with the, with the, with the squad? You no, can't I don't say think we are. But, but I, think this, I think this manager can do a lot better than what he's doing at 100%. And I'm, I'm turning up at Goodison week after week with no faith that he's going to do it. And I also look at him and don't really want him there as well on top. I don't speak for the entire fan base. I need this pricey. And no, I, I, I think don't. what me and Pricey have just done it is probably reminiscent of what's happening at the ground. I mean, there's talk of sit-ins and more protests. Will 40,000 do that? Absolutely not. There is a divide, but I am... I am up to there with it. I am up to there with it. And I'll tell you is what, he, he is. He, he's a big part of it for me. He just is. What a job this manager is doing for a living. <laughs> <laughs> the divide is a disappointing thing because it's definitely divided the fan base, but it's not Benitez. It's Mashiri's choice that divided the fan base. Yes, Remember, you're not right, Benitez. You're right. Yeah, you're right. But as I say, if the, if, if the stadium weren't getting built, a lot of people would be on at Mashiri a lot more than what they are now. He's made the choice to, to, to bring him in. He's divided it, not Benitez. And I'm not a big fan of me, just don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not happy we've got him or anything like that, but I'm just looking at it realistically and saying it's not his fault, he's been put in there to do a job. He's having a goal as far as I can tell, yeah, we could maybe be up further up the league, but this season, I said it at the very start of the season before the ball was kicked, we just need to get through this season. You still won't call him Rafa though, will you, Pricey? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was enough for Phil, that. He's off. I'll put him back in. He's knocked himself out the top. We'll move on then to the next question. Um, this is from Lee Watson. He says, hello to you all. First time writing in. So, hello, Lee, and thank you for writing in. Um, he says, are you on the show going to address the vile songs and videos 
<clears throat> from the away fans yesterday regarding the 97. He was disgusted. He said, should be banned. They should be banned from having supporters at their next game or be made to return the revenue that they made yesterday. Uh, maybe then these vile idiots will think again. That was the first part of his question. The other part is, did you catch Anne, the, the programme Anne on BBC? And have you got any thoughts on that? But um, just to put context to it, Terry, I don't think you've seen the video, have you? I think there was just like about 30 fans or so walking down the side of the Adelphi, I think it was, just singing F, F the 96, you were singing. So yeah, I, what possesses you to do that? What is going yeah. on? Grown well, men. They- it's just it's nuts isn't it i mean i haven't seen the video i read the report about it um and i've seen that some of the actual shrewsbury players have, have came out and basically condemned them you know the, the, yeah. their own fans for doing it it's like and basically said you've got no place you know and some of the supportive groups as well have came out and said you've got no place as, as a shrewsbury fan doing stuff like that so you know I, I, it, it's sad isn't it that some football fans still think that that's an acceptable way to sort of like mock the team you're playing you know it's all all well and good banter and all that like having, having banter with you know opposing fans and stuff like that but there's a line and that's just far beyond it you know it's it's just dark and there's to be honest there's only it, it's just you shouldn't even they shouldn't even be getting any airtime for them some of them will probably be re- reveling in it you know that the, the sort of like mm. in, infamous for, for doing it it's absolute nuggets it's um, stupid as well because they don't know who who is around the city centre at that time and what can happen to them. But it's just oh, it, even that, that, even that part of it, it would have left you thinking you'd have had to do something, wouldn't you? How could you walk yeah. past that and not do something? Yeah, yeah it's just absolutely absolute shocking behaviour. Um, and I hope that their own fans, you know, like and, and next time at the game, if they know any of them, the mates and all that, just leg them and say. You know, do you want, like, you I'm sure they will. It's, it's usually a minority, isn't it? I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be held, held up to it when when the next at the ground. I hope so, anyway, because it's just not welcome anywhere near no, the city or football or, or in life in general, really. No, sorry. I mean, sorry. The, I was going to say, like the, the the point that you know the um, the, the person who wrote in with the question said about like banning their fans and stuff. I don't think it's fair because it's not. It, it wasn't their whole fan base, was it? You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of fans there yesterday and. You know, most of them were, you know, they're in good spirits and, and, and with the right intentions. So I don't think it's really fair to punish the club for basically a handful of absolute idiots. Um, I believe it was inside the ground, though. There'd be more. I don't think it was, was it? The, the videos no, I've seen. I think I'm with Terry. I think the, the, the listener or the viewer said about maybe shoes before going near revenue. Um, <clears throat> I don't think that helps. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I think what probably needs to happen is, is it needs to go down. The route of you know, identify them and you ban them from every every single football ground in the country. Yeah, yeah. self police and, and self policing amongst their own fan base, isn't it? Yeah. Terry, have you have you seen the program on? Have you had a chance to catch it? Yeah, I've seen it. It's pretty moving, isn't it? You know, like when when you watch it, and, and obviously we all know the story, and it's sad. You know, like uh, obviously the entire thing is sad to talk about, but obviously her story and her fight. Um, Watch the documentary afterwards as well. You know the the, the real the real on. I think it was called the documentary, or there was like a program on afterwards. Um, but you know it it, it 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 is really sort of profound and, and and still emotional to this day, isn't it? You know when 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 you sort of watch it and you see what you know the families went through and and how much they had to be strong and fight against the authorities. And you know it's a really good program. And and it, it it's sad sometimes when you watch these like dramas because you think like. In a way, the drama you're watching is like a dramatization of a 
tragic event and it, you know it, 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 in a way it's, it's, it's entertainment that's on the telly but it's important as well isn't it that, that people you know who maybe aren't aware of the story or or things get get basically exposed to it and know what actually you know the families have to go through yeah absolutely okay Mills, well, that concludes the uh, the social media this week okay uh, we, we, i think phil does a great job every week picking the best questions out we can't always get to them all we, we were flooded again on, on the on the twitter which is at across the park pc the instagram inbox as well at across the park pc uh, phil is old enough to keep us on facebook as well so we got some messages on facebook and phil always does a great job if you haven't had your question read out i mean we'll, we'll try and respond to it on the inbox or the website as well uh, moving very quickly on uh, we'll try and breeze through these to keep the show under an hour we've got um games coming up this week i know you guys the reds previewed what you thought would be uh was it the away leg last week and, and it's now switched to the home leg are your views any different going into the semi-final against arsenal than, than they were last week well, I mean, I mean, you know, last week it was a, it was a different kettle of fish, wasn't it? Because we didn't know who we had available in terms of COVID and what the injury situation was and stuff like that. Um, by all accounts, you know, going into this game on Thursday, we're going to have a pretty much a, a, a full side to pick from, minus Keita Salamane, who were at the Afcon, and, and possibly Trent, who, who we're still not sure whether he's um, positive or not for COVID. Um, so, you know, I think. Looking at that now, and, and as I say, given that we have, you know we haven't played any of the, the main players for really for for, for the, you know probably getting over a week now, um, they need to play. I mean, you know it's a, it's a semi final, first leg, very winnable game. You know at, at home um, against against an Arsenal team that we've already beaten this season comfortably. So we should be going into this very strong, I think, and and, and basically winning this tie in the first leg if possible. Um, I'm putting this Liverpool team into a League Cup final. I'm a bit worried about it, Terry. I think a Liverpool side without Mane, Salah and Trent is severely weakened. Um, I think Arsenal, on the day, they outplayed City the other week. <clears throat> the hot and cold, you never know what Arsenal you're going to get, but I imagine they'll be up for a semi-final. That's their best chance of probably silverware for, for a little while. Um, so I'm a bit near... And I, Having the away leg first and then bringing them back to Anfield, I predicted one all at their place and we'd probably uh, get it done at home. This way round, while we're short of them three players, a bit nervous. But to be fair, I, you know, I'm, I'm still going to predict a draw in the first leg, so we're going to have to win away, that means. Nah, um, I, I, at Anfield, I, you know, I know what you're saying. Obviously, miss, any team have missed Salamani and Trent, but I still think that what we've got coming in behind that is... You know, well, Origi's not fit either, is he? So, who is coming in behind that for you? Well, Origi, well, is Origi definitely out though? He obviously wasn't on the bench so. there at the weekend. I think so, yeah. I thought he was back, but oh, okay. you've still got Jota, Firmino, Minamino. I think as a front mm. three should be sufficient. You know, I don't look at Arsenal and think that there's some like boss side. I know they, they had a good game against City, but you know what I mean? It's like they, they've also, as you say, they. they they're just sort of Jekyll and Hyde side, aren't they? And even when yeah. they're at the best, they're not great. Um, they're okay. Um, so I think Firmino, Jota, and, and, and Minamino or, or Origi should be sufficient, you know, in terms of firepower to, to get the goals against Arsenal. Obviously, yeah. Trent's a big miss on that right hand side. It'd be interesting to see what we do, whether we basically go with one of the youngsters or whether we put maybe a Robertson on the right and put um, Simicas in a, a, as a left back or what. I, I'm not, not quite sure, but. Yeah. Um, I can see it being Milner. Maybe Milner, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. Um, 
But other than that, I still think we'll have enough. If I'm honest, okay. I, I'm I'm still predicting a win for Liverpool, two one. Okay, I'm going to say one all for some reason, just in my gut. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> and your next league game at the weekend, I think you welcome Brentford to Anfield. Um, we always say when we do previews um, with two games in the week, it, it's really tough. And that's coupled with the way the world is now with games and, and players and things. But you must be confident, even without Mane and Salah, of, of beating Brentford. I know they give you the, a, a game down, down in London at the start of the season, but that's surely a game that, that, you, that you've, you've got to go and win. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, you know, we didn't take all three points against them when we went away. Um, obviously, they were new to the league and it was, you know, they're playing Liverpool. They were up for it. Um, <coughs> I wouldn't say their results have been great since. Um, you know, mm. at the very middle of the road, and I think they are sort of mid-table around twelfth, thirteenth at the moment. Twelfth, so, yeah, twelfth on twenty-three points and twelfth. Yeah, so you know, we struggled with the, with the lad that they've got up front um, at their place, but you know, I, I, as you say, there, I, I still think we should have enough to take all three points at Anfield against Brentford. I'm not looking at that as a you know a, a real sort of worry or a test you know what you're getting they're, they're, a, they're a good football inside and you know they like to attack but you should have more than enough i think for them any thoughts phil um similar to arsenal for me um on the day they play good football they play the game in the right way they've hurt us before <clears throat> i think it's good that we've played them once already we sort of know a bit more what we're in for and can plan for a bit, a bit better so don't expect lightning to strike twice but again without money um salah and trent think you know we're severely weakened so i just hope that the that the lads who are coming in cold can be up to speed they're gonna to have to be that's the thing terry i think you know if they're not clicking and they're looking rusty then that's when you can really you can be in trouble in this league against teams who, who play good football so you've got to come in for me and you've got to be ready to play close to the best ability and if they do that we'll win but um yeah, yeah. I guess the flip the flip sides of it is without Mane and Salah there, and Trent is like our very very rigid patterns of play. The way that we attack, you know, with Trent and and the way Salah and Mane play, that's different now as well. So teams have got to be thinking what might we do differently. You know, we're not probably going to play the exact same way that we do normally. So we've got a bit of a wild card about us as well, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. Makes it even more interesting to watch just to see. Mm. It's very rare that we. Um, Employer plan B, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. Some so, 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 so predictions just to, to end that section or I'm gonna go 2-0 Liverpool. I'll say 2-1 Liverpool. Okay. And Pricey, uh, we'll just end the show on the a quick preview for Everton going into an away game against bottom of the league, who are three points off seventeen. What can go wrong, my friends? <laughs> I'm just looking Norwich of last five league games they've scored none conceded 14 and they're definitely going down aren't they I think from, they've been nailed on from, from, from day one that they're going down but that scares me the fact that they haven't scored in five and they've conceded 14 but in all seriousness I think we should have too much for Norwich I think they're the one team who I've, I've watched I've watched a bit of them actually and the one team that I just think have got no Nothing going forward at all. I think that they're a really poor side. I think we'd be struggling if we if we didn't beat them away. I know it's away, but I think we got to we got to be beating Norwich. Even at home, we didn't play particularly well. We beat them two 0 So wasn't it two 0 Sorry, Sorry yeah, it was two 0 wasn't it? Penalty, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I think we'll have we'll have too much for Norwich. Surely to God. 
you think so? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm looking at Norwich and they've conceded. Well, the the, the goal difference is minus thirty four, and we're halfway through the season. That they're not a very good team. Um, they've only won twice. They haven't scored in the last five. But enter Everton. I've seen it so many times. Um, I, look, I expect Everton to win the game on Saturday. Of course, I do. I think Everton are a better better team than Norwich. The the one of the teams I've seen this season that we've played who aren't very good. They didn't give us any sort of game at Goodison. They weren't, they weren't in it at all. I don't think they've they've done much in the window already. I could be wrong there. Uh, I, I don't know how the world of you know COVID-19, positive and negative, is affecting them. I imagine it's affecting them as much as anybody. So what I would say is I imagine it's a game that, that they're only three points off 17th. Um, I, I imagine it's a game that their manager and their fans are looking at and going, this is one that we can win. Um You're still on Mills, right? Yeah, yeah. uh, right, come back on there. Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. I imagine it's it's one of those. We're we're one of those teams, aren't we? At the minute, that yeah, any team would like to play. Um, so it is dangerous, but I'm I'm with you. I think we're better, and we and we should we should win that game. Um, I'll probably go one nil to Everton. Yeah, I'll go two nil. I think we I think we'll beat them. We'll have too much for knowledge. I think Pookie's uh, going to cause you problems. You don't do predictions. We left you alone. Don't start keep putting the feet in on us. <laughs> Billy Gilmore, but, um, too. All right, you go away. I'm going to remove you from the stream in a minute. I'm, I'm negative enough without you giving me Pookie 1-0 and Gilmore 2-0. <laughs> uh, we are just over an hour. We always try and get to an hour on, on our Across the Park Monday shows. So thank you for sticking with us, whether you're on your favorite podcast app on the commute or in the gym or you're watching us on youtube thank you so much if you are on youtube please give us a subscribe and if you're listening on the podcast or watching on youtube share share it to your friends that the more the better thank you to our amazing sponsors Cadbury kings uk thank you to their clothing on our next episode on thursday which is game on we are going to be talking a lot more about our great affiliate to a betmate what you can do this weekend to play along but from myself Ian mills andrew price Phil Roberts and Terry McGiven. Thank you so much for joining us on the Cross the Park podcast. We will see you again this Thursday.